Mondays, Mondays, Mondays. 6 a.m., the daily grind can really drag you down. The morning traffic, inching along bumper to bumper. You reach work to sit at your desk in your mass-produced, eggshell white cubicle, identical to each and every one of your coworkers. You sit down, you check your email. You organize your calendar for any meetings before you dive headfirst into the mountain of paperwork spilling off your desk. Attention! A loud voice thunders across the PA system. In 30 minutes, four of you will be dead. You think it's a prank, a drill, maybe a test to see how you and your coworkers might react. Possibly a drill from corporate to build some team skills and camaraderie. That is, until one by one employees start exploding their heads and splashing your white cubicle with freshly spilled red blood. This is no ordinary Monday, and this is It Records. Hello, everybody. I'm uh, one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, uh, coming back to you again on the airwaves. But I'm joined with my, my hosts, Lindsay and Pete. Welcome, guys. Thank you. And this week, we looked at the 2017, I believe technically the 2017, the Belco experiment. And I say, I think the 2017, because I think that was its American release, correct? And it was 2016 overseas? Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. It is technically a foreign film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is technically a foreign film. Um, directed by, what, uh, is it Greg McLean? Yeah. Yeah, Greg McLean. Mc, um, McLean? I don't know. McLean. Mc, yeah. And written by, you know, it was written by James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Guy did Guardians of the Galaxy. Both volumes, and uh, for the horror genre, Slither. And he directed Slither. James Gunn. Yeah, he and he also did uh, some trauma work with trauma, which is also pretty familiar with the horror genre. Okay, and. Greg McLean is that what you said? How do you pronounce the director's name for this one? You're asking the wrong host, I oh, think. I thought you were correcting me earlier. I I, that's knew. how I, that's how I thought it was to be said, okay. but you know, you know me, I'm not much of a, <laughs> a pronouncer. <laughs> well, he directed um, Wolf Creek, and I've never seen those. That's another horror genre that he puts his stamp on. Have you seen those ones, Pete or Lindsay, for that matter? Lindsay was actually going off and off about Wolf Creek before we started recording tonight. <laughs> Big fan. Is, it, is, is that true? <laughs> no, I was just making that up. I haven't it's seen Wolf Creek. I haven't either. I've seen, I've seen Rogue, which I see that he also has been attached to as a, as a oh, writer. Okay. I don't know. He might have directed it, but it doesn't look... No, he did direct it. He directed it and wrote it. Okay. It is about like a killer and, alligator in like the outback or something. I've seen it. Oh, that does sound really familiar. And the darkness he also was part of, which is a more recent horror movie. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that you have a basic understanding of who wrote and directed this movie, um, we saw the Belko experiment. And if you haven't seen it or haven't even heard of it, it is 
In a twisted social experiment, 80 Americans are locked in their high-rise corporate office in Bogota, Colombia, and ordered by an unknown voice coming from the company's intercom system to participate in a deadly game of kill or be killed. And we will roll the trailer right now for you to get a better understanding of the Belco experiment. Roll trailer. Belco is a non-profit organization that facilitates American companies in South America. All employees, lend me your full attention. Hey, it's Jesus. Your chance of survival increases by following my orders. Your task is simply this. Kill three of your co-workers, or we will kill six others. Hey, all the lines are dead. We need to evacuate the floor. Hey, come on, it's a joke, man. Hey, listen up, everybody. Whoever's doing this, they're having a little fun at our expense. Stage one, commence. His head exploded from the inside. What? When we start working here, they put tracers in the back of our heads. You must not remove the tag from your body. Follow our directives, or we will detonate the explosive. Begin. I ain't melted at all. Do you know what kind of metal this is? I don't really know. to discuss all our options. We do not have the right to take innocent human lives. What are you doing? My wife and kids need me. Stage two, commence. We don't need no more weapons. We need to work together to get the hell out of here. Don't fucking move. In two minutes, we want 30 of you dead. If 30 of you are not dead, we will end 60 of your lives ourselves. So, Matt, do you want to take us through your thoughts on the trailer? My thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, like, do you like the trailer? Do you think it works with the movie? Do you think it needs something? I, I just want to get, I just want to get your honest opinion about it. Sure. No. Um, I think on my first watch, this is my first watch. Um, it did entice me. Um, it kind of gives you straight to the point of what the movie is, and it's not like a huge, crazy concept movie, but from the trailer, I wanted to see the movie, um, which is why we're doing it. This was your pick, but I wanted to see how it played out, how the dynamics would work with people, how they would really escalate to the situation of an all-out um, kill fest, really. So I think it works well with the movie, but I also know, I don't know if you know this, um, it pays homage to Battle Royale, the Japanese horror film. So yeah, I thought that was a cool aspect because it does. The central idea of battle royale is very similar to the Belco experiment. Yeah. So I thought it played well. Have yet to see that. 
but it's been on, it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it is anymore. I'm not sure either. I'm sure you can find it. It's worth it. I know there's two of them. So, Pete. Are you going to ask me the question? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to ask you the question. This week, do you have a creepy headline for us and the listeners? Surprisingly, yes. Only because I'm not going to take credit for it. You send me something. Because <laughs> I asked you beforehand, and I was like, <laughs> I think this is how the text actually played out. And I was like, hey, Matt, can you send me a what you call it? And then the next text, creepy headline. <laughs> Because I literally <laughs> actually couldn't think of the name. <laughs> That's why I put that. <laughs> it had been so long. Yeah. I think I would have known exactly what you meant if you just said, can you send me a whatchamacallit? Oh, he, he needs to help us with the creepy headline. <laughs> I think it added to the comedic effect that I... That you were going for. Figured out like what it, what it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But this article is called Seven Scariest News Stories of the Past Ten Years Will Leave You Seriously Creeped Out. It's from Bustle. So I want you guys to pick what you want to hear. Probably more so Lindsay because she's probably not, she's not as familiar as Matt That's with this right. list. There's the Westfield Watcher, the California Clown, Text from the Grave, The Girl in the Water Tank, the worst death imaginable. Don't kill me, Elmo, and cell phone stalker. <clears throat> well, well, well. I'm thinking that a uh, text from the grave isn't something I'd want to receive. So uh, let's proceed with that one. Yeah. With that one. <laughs> and the. The gif of it is uh, Scooby Doo with a little sheet turning into a ghost, scaring poor I little Scooby. I love that. <laughs> it's a, it's quite great because I am a fan of Scooby Doo. So, text from the grave. I'm surprised it didn't say from beyond the grave, but that's my little gripe with it already. <laughs> Grandma had always been an avid texter which is why one family chose to bury her with her cell phone. But in the weeks after her death, her granddaughter tried to cope with the grief by sending her grandmother text. One day, Grandma texted back saying, I'm watching over you. You get through this. You'll be alright. According to the Independent, it wasn't actually Grandma. The number had been reassigned. That's creepy. So, that's, like, creepy and also not creepy at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's weird that that person, like, responded that's kind of what I was thinking. in yeah. that way. Yeah. Like, they could have said that, like, you'll be okay, or, like, oh, like, sorry, this is not your grandma, but I'm really sorry to hear about yeah. that kind of thing. Like, I could see, like, maybe someone be sympathetic, but saying... Or, like... I'm watching over yeah. you, like, yeah. mm-hmm. that's, that's weird. That's what's yeah, not saying well with me right now. I'm not taking this out. I'm watching 
yes, the choice of words. Why respond? I guess if you're just getting blown up text from a little girl. But that's the weird weird way to respond to her. Yeah, you could also block the number if it yeah. if you know be like this is not your grandma. I'm sorry. Like you, there's Except many the ways you can go about this. Yeah. Cause like at first you think, Oh, that's creepy, like they're getting messages mysteriously, but like, oh, the number's reassigned. So there's reality behind it. But then you have the person who's having these thoughts to methodically responding this way. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I got like any text from that number, I'd freak out. Even it it wouldn't sit with me that it was somebody new. I guess I still think it was my yeah. relative. Like, yeah. Especially you said you said Pete like uh, this is not your grandma. I'm sorry. I'd still take that a weird way if I thought I was texting my grandma. Like this is not your grandma. I'm sorry. That's like, true. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Or like. Yeah, that's that's also a good point. There's really yeah, like, no way of going about it. Probably the best way is just not responding. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you have it. We have a creepy headline for the week. Thanks, thanks for bringing that to us, Pete. You know we've been really missing it. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it. I really yeah, hinged my week on those on those creepy headlines. So I'm glad they're back. It's been a, it's been a drought. <laughs> just a little bit just a little bit but I would say at least 10 episodes <laughs> yeah it, it's possible but with that I think we'll fly right into the Belko experiment we talked about the writers and directors but it takes place in Bogota, Colombia it's where we start with this one building isolated Kind of in the middle of nowhere, this corporate building that's guarded by these armed soldiers, looks like, with machine guns. Like uh, mercenaries or something, or private military. Mm -hmm. And these are all, um, well, most of the people that work there are American in Colombia, but there's also native workers. The native workers have been sent home today. That's where we start. The American yeah. workers are filing into the building. And they don't know why the native workers aren't there. Would you go to a different country where there's armed guards guarding your, your job? And we find out later on that you have a tracer because they say that it, it helps mm -hmm. because there's a lot of kidnappings in Colombia. That's the reason. Yeah. 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 I would say, so, fuck that. Like, you're not doing, you're not putting a tracer inside of me. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, so for the listener, everybody who works at Belco has to have a tracer, like, imprinted into the back of their neck, like, into their skin. Like, it's, you can't take it out and just so they can track you in case you get kidnapped or something. That's, like, a prerequisite. Um, I wouldn't do that as well. I wouldn't work there, but they, I think they tried to set it up in that, because someone's, it's their first day. When yeah. the movie starts, it's their first day, so that's how we learn about the tracers that's in the back of their neck. I think they were trying to set it up that, like, this is a crazy class of people who work here. It's like a, an eclectic mix of, like, people who kind of have to work here. Um, 
that's kind of how they set it up. And that one Roberto character, I think, said that too. He's like, everybody's strange here at Belco. And there's like ex uh, CIA people there and everything. So like, they don't, they might not have a choice. They had to work there if they wanted to work. It's just like weird. It is. I feel like they just didn't give at least not a sufficient amount of reasoning why. Like we don't know why the new girl's there. Like, like mm-hmm. I understand that like people once they need a job, they really need a job, and they would probably most likely do anything that's required to get the job. But I feel like for a lot of people, a tracer is a deal breaker. In a foreign country, if you're an American, like going to yeah. Colombia, put a tracer. Yeah. I'll be like, I'm leaving Colombia right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, like, those are the stakes we have to begin with, is is you're being traced. Um, but I wasn't too, I guess, like, thrown off by the mercenaries out front. Because, like, if you work at an embassy in a foreign country, yeah. an American... They do yeah. have guards on watch, so that's like a normal thing. The tracers is what threw me. But other than that, like let's say armed guards for me is an, is another that's a no go. Oh yeah, you wouldn't want to work where there's armed guards. That's no fair. But then, besides that, we start the day and like the first. This is an eighty-eight minute movie, so it's pretty quick. Hour and a half long um i would say like the first 15 to 20 minutes is just setting up the dynamics of everybody trying to get like the social hierarchy of a corporate setting and they're um, very like and it's such a vast group of people because they like spend there's like probably like two main groups i would say mm-hmm. in this movie and then there's kind of like uh spoiler alert cannon fodder Mm-hmm. and surprisingly you don't really entirely know who that's going to be I think the movie actually does a good job in that sense where you're not entirely sure who's going to die because you see who the experienced people are versus the unexperienced because like it's very obvious like especially with the XCIA guy like you know he's trained if you know if, he, if something happens he's ready for yeah. it Mm-hmm. but it doesn't come to that it doesn't come people don't get drawn to that point until like later into the movie and we can get to that later obviously but mm-hmm. it, it's it like seems even though it's a very short movie it seems like a long build up to that point and then mm-hmm. it like derails pretty quickly like it just gets like bam 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 like it just keeps going once it gets there yeah, and I read that about the screenwriter. He, like, really feels deeply for his characters, and I'm sure a lot of writers do. So he wanted to spend a lot of time, like, the first 20 minutes, really making sure, like, you had some connection to each one. And I thought another a good thing was there's a lot of, not huge actors, but people you're familiar with, like you've seen in TV yeah. shows, like Dr. Cox from Scrubs is in this, John McGinley. Um, yeah. And the one head honcho guy John like, oh the main uh yeah john gallagher the our protagonist Re- yeah he's from newsroom and uh 10 cloverfield lane is he he's the third person in the bunker with john goodman 
and I forget who's the female actress, who's our the protagonist, and it's John Gallagher Jr. Which I did not remember that. Not Mary. What's her name? Something with an M. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, yeah, he's our he's our protagonist. But I would um, so he's in Ten Cloverfield Lane. But the other alpha male of like the XCIA guys is from Scandal. Um, there's a guy from Silicon Valley from an HBO show. If you ever watched HBO, so. It was written well, the characters at least, and you kind of were connected to some character from like another show. I felt like you didn't know who might go. I feel like they kind of like ship you pretty hard towards John Gallagher Jr. Oh yeah, he's. I feel like he's the protagonist. Yeah, the main protagonist. Yeah, and I I gotta say like I didn't like him, like his character. I like him, but I didn't like his character. Mm-hmm. He kind of was like, I don't even want to dive in a little bit here where. He's, like, once it, like, kind of, once you do see that people do die, they start off with four, because they didn't do the killing. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't meet it, because they, I believe there was accidental deaths. Yeah. Right? Isn't that what happened? When? The first? It, I believe... Oh, was that after? Was that after the f- first four? There was accidental deaths? I think there was two accidental deaths in the first two. Like there's you had you had to kill two, or otherwise they'd kill four. Was the first challenge. And oh yeah, I, I don't think anything happened because I don't think anything happened, and then people started dying, and they're like, "Oh shit, what's happening?" And then they get like more time, and then mm-hmm. Michael Roker from The Walking Dead and his assistant, they're like maintenance guys. They both die. And that was like... Kind of like an... Like, on edge, accidental deaths. Because mm-hmm. they were freaking out. Yeah, that everybody's out to get them. Sort of thing. So it, it seems like a lot... Like, people didn't break very easily. Because they didn't take it very seriously. And, and... And then once, like, they saw... Four people die. They're like, okay, like shit's getting real. But even then, like, it, it didn't really start to break until like it got like really close to like you have one hour, and then like kind of like teams were kind like it being like formated, and the hierarchy started to really show like with the, the train guys or the guys that are like, I'm not gonna fucking die. Like fuck you. Mm-hmm. And they tried, and then John Gallagher Jr. is like, we're never gonna do this. Like. Uh, <laughs> like, we're not gonna take an innocent yeah. life. Like, yeah, like I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I just think, like, maybe it was like the delivery of the line or something, and I was just like, oh come on, can you like shut up? Because <laughs> I totally, totally on board with what you're saying right now. But can you be any more annoying about it? Yeah, I feel like his character no, I... was kind of supposed to be, you know, kind of our hero. Has that morality element to him, but you know he's not to me all that likable. You know, throughout, um, and people do end up getting killed. You know, because of him. But I mean, I don't know if you could say it, but he's our last man standing. And you know, yeah. 
That's all I had to say. No, I kind of agree, like, up until the point where the four people were killed because of the tracers, they explode. Spoiler. Um, that's how they are, like, making people kill each other. Is if you don't, we have the tracers in you and they'll explode. I thought it was really well written and, like, the characters weren't, like, neck and neck. Even after the four people were killed, they had that meeting of, like, what they're going to do. And I thought that was kind of how it would play out. Like, people wouldn't all of a sudden turn on each other just because... They were pinned up against each other. But the main guy, the COO, you know, one time, I yeah, thought yeah. he turned, like, he went like a one eight. Like, he was like the mediator, and then he was like, get the guns, we're taking people out, execution style. And he went, he went hard really quick. And then he had his cronies, which is Dr. Cox. Was that the one that was yeah. kind of trying to, um, sort of, like, separate people based on who had children, or... Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the one, yeah. What, like... Which we could talk about that scene, too, if you want. Yeah. Jeez. So there's, like... In that scene, it seems like at least he's being, like... He's being practical, I guess you could say. Like, he's like, okay, if you're old, you're sick, or your child's, like, in this situation, if you're backed into a corner, this is how you go about it. But then they start getting violent. Then they start killing people. Right. Mm-hmm. That's like we're like, okay, now you just lost all your sensibility there. Like, you, you seemed like you were in control, but you really went after the guns pretty quickly. Yeah, but he wanted those guns, like, immediately as he, he something was off. He's like, yeah. give me the keys. Give me the keys. Oh, yeah, from the security guard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he reacted um, to that pressure speaking, um, fairly quickly. Which is kind of Yeah. Which is... I think part of this movie, like, the whole point of it is, like, a social experiment of, like, what... That's the themes. Like, what would happen if you were plunged into the situation? Or, like, I think, like, one of the tagline is, wouldn't you always want to kill your coworker Or something like that. So, I pause it. I mean, you said, Pete, that like he was being logical and lining people up and everything like based on if you had kids and stuff but what happens if nobody does anything like i think that could be the other point in the movie is at the very end if i can spoil the main alpha male is being killed by our protagonist and he's the last guy and he says you didn't change anything um because basically they all want an all-out kill spree um if nobody did anything it would have been it would have been at random it would have been left down to somebody yeah. instead of people having to resort to, I guess, human nature as they wanted us to take them. Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent on the themes of the movie. That took away. <laughs> but the same scene, the execution scene, they played the Mamas and the Papas song, oh, California yeah. Dreamin'. And they did that several times throughout the film. Like, I Will Survive was the opening credits yeah. in Spanish. And there was, there was a lot of, like, comedic elements to this film. How did you guys take that? Um, did you think it worked well? Did you enjoy it? I think the the Mamas and the Papas one was pretty forced mm-hmm. to me. But I didn't have any other problems with the other ones. I think... Um, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me, I think. 
I don't know what could have been done differently. I think is maybe because it was like, I guess like within the scene, like a diegetic scene yeah. situation. It, it just seemed like, okay, like you're really hitting on the nose with this one. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I would have to go back and watch it again um, and try to take more notice of that kind of thing. I didn't, truthfully, I didn't really notice the promise and the papas. Um, I did notice in the very beginning, Red was a red in Spanish, that's hard to miss. But, uh, you know, I thought that they were very interesting choices. Um, I think, especially with that intro, it kind of got my attention. I was very distracted by all of the gore and all the violence that, uh, yeah, that's something that I would have to take a second look at. Now, speaking, I've spoiled that only one person makes it out, but there's a lot of characters in this film. Did you guys have a particular person that you enjoyed the most, that you were rooting for? Other than our male protagonist. I think, like, from... I was trying to think about it in, like, a writer's sensibility. Like, okay, you have this new girl that you don't get a whole lot of time with, but you still see her, like, doing things every now and again. And I was like, okay, to make her more interesting, I think it would be kind of cool to see her make it out so that we have more time with her. But then they kill her. Oh, made me so mad. Honestly, I got, like, pissed off at that point. In the movie. Yeah. And it was, like, so quick. I was like, bam! <laughs> She she'd done so good. She was hiding the whole time. She's the one who turned the lights off during the like the execution scene so everybody could break away. Um she was like, I don't know, she was just nice and she was helpful and she was like so secretive and then she takes the elevator and she's done so. And I was mad. Yeah. So I was like, I hope you make it because you seem yeah. I don't know, I like you. Um I, I felt like with there being so many different employees there being so many different characters I didn't feel connected to one in particular honestly I kind of felt like because there were so many of them um, there was sort of a lack of development you know because there's so many people to keep track of Um, so it kind of felt impersonal to me not that I didn't care that you know when they died but um, I just felt like the personalities of these characters weren't really as fleshed out as they could have been but you know i mean there's 80 of them and there's 90 minutes to play with here so you know yeah that's true yeah i think probably the best like maybe the better route in my eyes that were you stick to like a core group and maybe like flesh out those guys and just have everyone else's cannon fodder and like obviously have people in your group die because you have to have like a dramatic like lighting in the fucking movie but mm-hmm. it almost just seemed like everyone was cannon fodder since like you only got like a little bit of each one and then like they're like cliches of like everything and then like some more than others like sean gunn who was james gunn's brother who was like the hippie like kind of like maybe janitor guy and I was like, oh my he's god, can this, can this guy... Oh, he's a cook? Okay. I'm like, yeah. can this guy, like, <laughs> shut up? Like, he really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just like, this is all a dream, man. Like, I'm just smoking too much weed. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh god, you need to die. 
characters. Him or my character? All the characters? Um, no, I kind of agree um, with your with your opinion. Is like there were certain ones that I started to be drawn to, like, but there was so little time and so many people that they didn't give enough time to a certain person. As soon as I started to like get attached to some degree, um, so if I had to choose anyone, I think I mentioned I liked the, the new girl. I don't know. She was just, like quiet, and I thought she was resourceful. And then maybe it's just her death that I was like. That, that was a good killed one. me yeah. the most because it just yeah it killed me yeah but I, I do think window was a creepy character which is dr uh, fox yeah yeah uh, he I thought, really i thought was. he was a good character not like one of my favorites yeah, but he did a good job he was really methodical and evil and like he really like he had a tormented past or something because he really like brutally murdered his co-workers yeah he had a like a cleaver didn't he is that what he had and yeah yeah he was just like going at people which was interesting and in something that my i mean my girlfriend watches with me and she liked it more than me actually she (laughs) okay sorry (laughs) um and she asked me during the movie she's like what would you do if you were in this situation? And I was like, that's actually a pretty good question. And I was like, I was like, and I was like, honestly, I feel like I would hide most of the movie, but bring a weapon with me. Cause I feel like I wouldn't trust anyone. And then if like, if someone found me, I would have the like, like chance to protect myself. And like, you know, speaking from like in the movie, since I don't want to die, I obviously would like, Oh, I would kill if I had to, but, like, when it came down to it, like, I probably wouldn't be able to kill someone, because, like, I say that I would, like, to protect myself, but if I'm being honest, I don't know if I could. Like, I don't think I, I would just probably just die, like, probably if, like, if I wasn't found, it'd probably be a random pop from the tracer. It's probably mm-hmm. how I would go, because I'd just be hiding for so long Yeah. that I would just, like... Because I feel like I I would know to wait until, like, the end. Yeah. To try and, like, do anything. So mm-hmm. that's how I feel like that would happen to me, that I like to think that I would be able to protect myself if I came to it, but I probably would die in a random, like, selection. So I offer that question to you two. It's a tough one. I mean, I know for a fact, at least, I wouldn't be, like the ex-CIA guy, my, my initial <laughs> thoughts wouldn't be like, get the gun, we're going to set up the execution lines and everything. Um, I don't know. Like, I think the best thing would be to do like what Pete said is hide with like a weapon because my first altruistic idea is to like sit everybody down and be like, well, we could all go at random, like, and then whoever's the last person goes out. But I think that's being too altruistic because someone might be like, you guys can think that, but I'm not leaving it to chance. So as much as I want that to work, I think someone would break from the idea of, we'll just go at random, and whoever goes, goes. So then the second best alternative is to grab a weapon and hide it out. And get the high ground. Yeah. Probably the roof is where I would hide, to be honest. But you have no escape route then. 
uh, off the top. If like someone is gonna like brutally murder me, I'm going off the top, and hopefully I just like break my leg or something. It's it was pretty huh. tall building. It, it was, was like, a pretty tall building. It was several floors. I probably little... wouldn't make it. I would scale the building, <laughs> like Batman style. Yeah. Like the guy who would scale the buildings, like free climbing. Remember that guy? I don't remember mm-hmm. his name, but yeah. he was like free climb like buildings and then get arrested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely a movie like this makes you think like, what would I like? How long would I last in a situation like this? And I got real with myself, and I was like, not very. Like, I think uh, your hiding idea is a good one, but I think. I would just be in, like, a full-out, like, panic, and I can't say what I would do, I just know that I would die, you know? Um, how, how, like, how terrifying is that, really? I mean, I just, like, even thinking about it, like, I can't even rationalize, oh, okay, that's, you know, like, yeah, I'd be a goner. Well, there's 80 people and only 79 aren't making it, so <laughs> a good chance. Those aren't very good odds. No. The only time yeah. you would have all made it is it if you killed the four yeah. right away. But then again, I already said I wouldn't take that job in Columbia and have a tracer put back to me. Yeah. So I'm probably yeah. good. This is what movies teach us. You just don't go to foreign you countries. stay where you are. You yeah. don't get tracer... You don't get tracers in your head. You don't live in a rural town. You don't live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't live in the city because of the Babadook. You just you just can't I think, live anywhere. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. Death will find you. I did love the slogan of Belko was like bringing people together. No. Did you guys see that? It was like on that TV screen in the lobby the whole time. And when in the final fight scene, like oh, their, yeah. their mission statement was like going on of like bringing people together from all over the globe, creating families, and people together. Pretty tongue in cheek. How would you feel about a sequel to this movie? Since the way it ends, you see all the victors from multiple. You don't know the regions or where it's at, but they have multiple offices, and you see that there's a victor of each one. And then my girlfriend thought that the next one would be all the winners gathered up and see what happened then. I'm like, yeah. that makes sense. Like That seems like the next step. Is that seem like something that would be possible in a sequel? Would you even want to see that in a sequel? Or do you think they should just leave it as is? Uh, I think... There's going to be a sequel. I don't know that for sure, but there's a $5 million budget and it made like over $10 million, which is, it's not a huge amount, but it made, it made enough that you could probably get a sequel. I think if they did, that's a good idea because it's supposed to be this social experiment of like how people react in situations. They did it at random this time. The next one would be like all the people who did survive in that situation, how would they survive altogether? Or... They put them with a whole new group of people who have no idea what's happening again, but they do. And how do people react to a person who knows what's going on and nobody else does? Do they believe the person? Do they follow the person? So 
That's a good idea. Yeah, I like that second one actually. I think a little bit more than all the winners together because I think it like makes sense with the mythology. Like they want to do a social experiment, and that probably be like the next step, like at least in a scientific, in like an evil genius scientific way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would actually like that. I would like that in a sequel rather than all the winners because like. And the winners, it just seems like more of a a carnage bloodbath. Yeah. Which you probably would lose story in I that, think that sense. Would be but which is typical. As well. mm -hmm. True. Yeah. Mm. I don't know particularly interested in seeing the sequel um but if it was set up kind of the way that matt was saying then okay there's potential for that but um otherwise i kind of feel like yeah the way it ends is definitely set up for one but it doesn't necessarily need it at least not at this point for me yes same i would have been fine with it just ending i mean they set it up but I've been fine as it was like a standalone yeah. movie. Yeah, I think yeah. it works also as like just just an ending of like, oh, these are people surviving, and this is how fucked up the company is. Is that they had they did the experiment over and over and over again. Yeah. And it had mm -hmm. the same. It had the same result. Yeah. That it kind of seemed that there was one person the victor, and they got blood on their hands. Speaking of that, before we end it, that John Gallagher Jr., the survivor, does meet the voice who is deformed, who I thought was John Hurt at first for some reason, but then it's totally, it's totally not him. That's funny. I thought it was like a, a makeup Val Kilmer for some reason, but I'm glad we thought it was somebody. Yeah, it's like so infamous. I thought it was like, I'm like, oh my God, is that John Hurt? <laughs> um... And then he endlessly he does kill people. He they do like a weird like cut to where they show that he drops like the tracers that weren't used into like the soldiers like whatever pockets and grabs the machine gun and kills like the head guy. And I'm just like, ah, oh, come on, <laughs> shut up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this is stupid. Like I was like. I feel like for some people, they're like, oh, finally, like, he did something. But, I don't know, I, I found it to, to make his character more annoying. Yeah. Because he was so against killing mm -hmm. that that he just, like, broke it at the end in, like, such a, like, a really ridiculous way and was able to take out these armed guards and get a machine gun. It was just, like, yeah. it was just, like, I know it was, like, unbelievable before, but you really took it up to the next level with this one where... You effortlessly dismantled like three armed yeah. guards. Yeah, that's true. And I question that because, like, when I watched it, because they could see people, like, they could see him inside. They had cameras because they were trying to take him out of the wall. They saw him trying to cut the tracer out of his neck. They could tell, like, where they were the whole time. And it just was like, well, you didn't see him pick up the bombs. You didn't see him pick up the tracers and like take that off him. You didn't see him like put them on the guys. That's true. So 
Yeah. And you saw it, you saw everything else. Except for that. <laughs> yeah, like your demise. I mean, maybe that's that is definitely a story uh, feature, but whatever. That annoyed me. With that, I think I think we should uh, begin to wrap it up with a defend and destroy from each of us of the Belko experiment. Do you have any takers for the first? You know, what? I'll take it. I don't think I've gone first in a while. I think I usually just throw it to you guys. Okay, let's see. Let's see what you have to say. Let's hear it. All right, I'm going to destroy it. Belko experiment. I'm destroying it. Uh, I didn't thoroughly hate it, but it has a lot of things we said. Um, there's a lot of characters in it that I didn't think it fully developed, and I thought it really went to 180 really quick. Um, that everybody like an all-out killing. Once you're in the killing, it's good, but like that moment, that transition, kind of threw me, and the ending um, irked me a little bit. And it kind of felt like the purge meets Office Space a little bit. But with like a little less of the satir, like the satirical stuff didn't hit as well as like Office Space, as they were trying to do with like the corporate ladder, which it was all there, like it was all really there, just like the, it was like the structure of it, like they had the bare bones, like the steel, but the I don't know, all the fillings weren't quite in there. So it's not terrible. I recommend watching it, but I'm going to destroy the Velcro experiment. Well. I'm still like kind of deciding, but I feel like I'm leaning toward also destroying it. And the reason for that is because <laughs> when I feel like I want to like something, but it's just like not quite all the way there for me, like that's kind of like, you know, that says destroyed to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we kind of talked about like not having a connection with really any of the characters. Um, for me, it lacked a lot of tension in a lot, in a lot of places. Um, all in all, I can all I can really say is decent. I think it could have been better, but okay. it could have been worse too. Um, so that's kind of just some of the things that were missing for me. That's true. All right, Peter, it was your pick, man. This is a very interesting. Uh, turn of events here. <laughs> I'm also going to destroy oh, shit. it. <laughs> mm. Wow, okay. Is um, that number two? Three? Probably three. Probably mm -hmm. three. Um, not that this is a bad movie. I think there's some things to like about it. But I agree with Lindsay said that it's a decent movie. And I think it like, I was going to say that it needed like another like final look on a draft. Like some things could have been fine tuned a little bit. Like, maybe focus on a little less characters your ending really that really probably was actually it really pissed me off like with john gallagher jr's triumphant killing and i it just didn't i think like and i had never seen saw and i know and i was like i could see a lot of things from saw and i've never even seen the movies so I was just like, I just feel, I was like, I feel like this is really influenced from Saw right now. <laughs> I got, a lot, I got a lot of that. I did too, actually. Just to <laughs> butt in there, I got that. Especially the, uh, 
when he was cutting into his tracer, that's like a direct shot or like a direct scene from just Saw 2. Yeah. They have the tattoos in their back of their neck for the lock, and he cuts his off. Anyway, continue. No, so yeah, I was just going to say that, like, it it just came out, like, later probably than it should have. Like, it probably would have worked better if maybe, let's say, six years ago probably be the... I'm just making it in the rough estimate, like, around the time of, like, those type of movies were popular... And it didn't, like, do anything, like, new. It just, it just seemed like, it was just a decent movie that didn't really, like, it just thought about it in a different way, but everything else in execution kind of felt like something else that came before it. So that's, like, kind of where, like, you don't get points for being passable. You know, you gotta, like, like, I know I have some soft spots for, like, bad movies that, like, end up being entertaining or enjoying really bad like really good movies obviously and it's hard for the middle because it's just like yeah like how do you fix it you don't know it's hard it's hard to describe so that's why i destroy it okay all right well there you have it a unanimous destroy from the records gang on the velcro experiment but if you do get it it's 53 percent, i think on rotten tomatoes so it's not, as we said, it's a decent movie, Lindsay said. Um, and if you like, I feel like The Purge, it's like it's got that same feel, I feel like, as, as that trilogy. If you like those, you'll enjoy this one just as much. Um, but until next time, you know, get on our, our website. We are, we've made the internet. We've made the cut to the internet. Um, we <laughs> made it. <laughs> uh, we'll have some blogs up as well as, you know, check out our Facebook. We'll be posting our latest podcast episodes there as well as on our YouTube and let us know what you think. Get to us on Twitter uh, if you want us to do a movie or if you disagree with us, if you love the Belco experiment and just want to defend it so vehemently, we'd love to hear. Um, but until next time, I'm Matt Johnson and I'll remain in the shadows. I guess I'll, I'll go. I'm Peter Hansen and you have an hour or two kill four people or however the fucking line went <laughs> and if you jump it's gonna go from 30 to 60 and that's all the time we have <laughs>